afternoon, Australia, and good evening, America. Welcome to everyone listening across Europe and Asia and into Canada. This is Insight Intelligence, and my beautiful co-host, Mario Beckers, will be joining us momentarily. But before we get on with the show, just a quick reminder, we have the lovely Hannah ready and waiting. So if you're listening on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, Hannah has the links to anything that we talk about in the show today and more particular the links to connect with Mario on social media via his website via his email and I encourage you to reach out and do that this week now each week we do a welcome to country and that's an incredibly part an incredibly important part of each and every show so before we get on with the show I want to respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugamba language region the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and meet and pay my respect to the elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening and watching today. Now, this is the next show, the sixth show in our series with Mario Beckers, and it's called Insight Intelligence. And the reason is that Mario is an intelligence specialist. He grew up in communist Croatia, went through a war, started in public service in the army, and now is a natural-born leader, public speaker, result-driven, best-selling published book author. He's a relationship builder, a facilitator, and he has incredible decades and decades of experience in investigative techniques and interviewing, interrogation methods, corporate, human, and competitive business intelligence. And why is this important? You'll have to go back and listen to the rest of the shows and we will tell you more about it today. Mario works across the public and private sectors, so in government and in business, across Australia and indeed globally. He has proven investigative techniques and strategies and has a highly professional team standing behind him. Welcome back to the show, Mario. Thank you, Tony, for having me today again in your show. I'd like to say thank you to all viewers and listeners of the Tony Lontis show. As well, I'd like to say a big thanks to the people in US, your team, who is standing now behind this uh, show and uh, making sure that we have the smooth and sm seamless streaming. And um, yeah, thank you for having me again. <laughs> Oh, Mario, thank you. I actually, it's very comforting knowing that uh, TJ and the team um, check our sound and video before we go live to air. It's kind of, it, it causes me to relax. As soon as I hear TJ's, Doug's or Don's voice before a show, I'm like, okay, everything's as it should be. We're all ready to go. Let's do this. Mario, this week we want to focus on training and education. Now, you're really passionate about training and education and its importance, um, particularly in the area of surveillance. So I want to talk about the types of training that you can provide for your clients, the corporations and businesses that you work with globally. And then I'd also like for you to talk, if you can, about the extensive training and education that you've done, and that includes a master's in intelligence analysis, uh, sorry, analysis, um, and, and that 
important component of what you do around education and training. So let's start with you and, and your experience and training so, to this day. Well, thank you, Tony. Thank you again for having your show. Thank you to all of you and listeners who are currently right now with us. And I truly believe that there will be, um, we, we, that being said with this interview with you, they're going to be empowered and understand the power of the knowledge. Mm. We, we, we can all start with, with understanding that information, always come back to that point, information is the most valuable commodity in a business. Um, but that doesn't work well if you don't know what you're looking for, how you're looking for, and how to analyze, and how to uh, at the end, how to utilize this information. People usually um, go by impulse. I was blessed enough that my life started very early, uh, at the age of 14, I was in special schools then in communism. My grandfather sent me um, a part of a military school. There was a educational schools. They called the summer camps. And uh, <laughs> they were filtering. Actually, it was recruitment. You know, you're learning about politics. You're learning about economy. You're learning about this stuff. But after all, you are the guy who is, um, you know, you know what's happening around you, but you're very happy to um, absorb that knowledge. Of course, either, everything is like a mild and mellow but then you can, you know, as you're growing up, you are being exposed to more and more real stuff. And um, my very first touch was uh, when I was 17 years old, I was being approached by the one, you know, <laughs> like in the movies, like a, you know, raincoat type of guy, the hat yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything else. And every he told time me, you tell me that story, Mario, I have that vision of the real long, is, dark is, overcoat and the hat, maybe yeah. the faint smell of cigar smoke. <laughs> oh, look, look, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was compulsory then to start smoking. I didn't smoke, yeah. um, but you know, you need to have some drinks and everything else. But in hindsight, because I didn't want to take the drinks and I didn't want to. Um, be the part of that, uh, you know, in class of just being just being in a pub and everything else actually was working very well for me because that was a prerequisite that you don't socialize with the people in public except when you are being tasked to do so. Uh. So that was a random first exposure. Then the, the, the following months was being more, more tense. Um, and then uh, finally, war, <laughs> finally, war broke out in Yugoslavia, as we all know. Croatia fought for democracy, independence, something similar yeah. to Ukraine again. I need to uh, make the parallel. Um, and I found myself yes, to, in, yeah, yeah. So I found myself in the position to being trained, but um, war was war. Then they don't need mm. spies or, you know, intelligence officers that's be reserved for the uh, older generation. And in, in, in to be truthful, if I was being positioned to 18 years old to be intelligence officer, I didn't know nothing. I have no exposure except theoretically. And little bit practical exercises, but what it happened in '95, I was being enrolled in a police academy. Uh, to the the first my one of many trainings was forensic investigations, which I say criminal yes. investigations, uh, forensic investigations. So that was the first exposure. Then second one was uh, counterterrorism intelligence, uh, counterterrorism you know combat, and the list was going on and on and on and on. That finally I. Graduate, I'll call the graduate, uh, mm. 98, um, in uh, Department for Affairs in other intelligence uh, security operative for the, my government and being positioned in Croatian Embassy in Canberra. Yeah. So that's not a secret, you know, that's my, <clears throat> that that's is my, my cool, curriculum. Mario. Yes. That's well, pretty cool. Let's just acknowledge that that young 
boy that had such a tumultuous upbringing and had such terrible things happen to him is now in a diplomatic position within an embassy in Australia. That's Let's correct. just acknowledge that that is great strength and growth to get to that Thank point. Thank you, Tony. And, and yeah, suddenly you find yourself in the environment when you are 20 seven years old yeah. for my standards that's very young and you know you're far away from your home with such responsibility accountability where you need to apply your knowledge and then you know as i stayed in australia i finished the diploma in fraud investigations and many other certificates and now i'm just on the cusp just to get that certificate masters uh, i finished the di diploma in uh, intelligence art yeah. and then now just a few more small essays and then i get my masters in intelligence art so wow. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that will be, and you know that insatiable thirst for knowledge is something yes. we all we all drive. I uh, suffered that syndrome. Um, you know, you've always been surrounded with people who finish university, and then you look behind yourself and say, "Like, but I was being a war, like, but nobody cares." When the war finished, everybody takes the people with the skills, and yeah. you know, so these things. But I was, I say, I was very fortunate enough that my government invested a tremendous amount of money sending me. Uh, abroad as well to the schools mm. which um, for these conversations are not important but relating to the counterterrorism intelligence and so these things so yes I did quite extensive uh, education and training but that is not enough Tony because yeah. when I gain pride of inside intelligence group it's not just me but the people who work for them for my business because without them my business will not exist and I acknowledge everybody single one who works for inside intelligence in any capacity, because these people bring in the, that world knowledge. And what I always envisage is to be challenged in the conversations with coffee and anything else. My education doesn't correspond to uh, education in Australia. That's number one. Yes. But motor soprano is almost similar, so almost similar. However, you witnessing, and people in the US can witness as well, Fraud and crime evolving. That's the same Policing, the world, isn't it? Yeah, policing doesn't evolving. Police is always retro retroactive, um, more than mm -hmm. proactive when it comes to investigations. So something needs to happen to investigate. There's a term called the preliminary investigations, which we're teaching how to conduct. But that's all, you know, chasing the hunches and some type of information when you can afford yourself time. But you know, government sector is very busy for those things and they are concentrating themselves in effort and assets and money and logistics on the cases they're requiring immediate uh, attention. Yeah. In corporate world, as I said, like, I'm very proud to say the people who work for Intelligence Group, they're people who bring their wealth and knowledge as well. Yeah. So that's a position myself, I'm the smartest guy, regardless of my academics, regardless mm -hmm. of my previous experiences, crime, fraud, um, workers' compensation claims, yes. you know, anything they evolving, uh, people becoming more skilled, and how they become skilled, <laughs> they become skilled in very simple terms, Tony. Yes, society educated, you know, you can go on Google and you know, there's a plenty of books, you know, how to uh, learn to steal, how to learn um, to make the fraud, how not to be sad, catch with it. Yeah, very it? sad, very sad. So, the education is very important asset for the, any organization to have in their disposal. Mm. Perhaps they don't have the skilled people in organization because, you know, not every organization can afford the time and effort and money to continuously follow the trends on the market, when I say market worldwide. Yes. 
Yes. Past two years, and you'll agree to me, working from home, it is increased um, a lot of problems for organization when it comes to yeah. the fraud, identity theft, espionage. And the only person I can say that successfully worked from home was a Hugh Hefner. He had no problems. <laughs> he has everything. So. <laughs> Uh, so he didn't care for that, those things because has everything on his eyesight. Yeah. But education is a theory. Education is necessary. And as I mentioned before, me personally, I suffered that syndrome. People have a universities and I don't have. So mm. you've always been, where I grew up in society, lower class, considered lower class rather than being yeah. uh, seen as a, somebody else. Taking fair education or language, which is not mine, which is English, Caused a lot of strain for myself, yeah. but English I needed. English is tough, isn't it, Mario? English is a tough language. It is truly. It is. You must be very careful what you're saying, how you're saying, and one word if you don't spell properly. In my case, it's like many words. People don't hear nothing afterwards, so I need to slow down. As you remember, and many listeners perhaps should, you know the turntables long place you know put on the 33 it's normal then you slow down and everything else yeah. so slow motion but it helped me quite a lot to get in contact with the many academics uh, done a lot of research to university Charleston university so i combine all that knowledge but yet is not fulfilled all criteria to it's, fight the fraud it's huge isn't it hmm. mario the the investigative um surveillance <clears throat> crime fraud it's a massive broad extensive body of stuff that you need to know yes but tony you'll agree and the listeners as well um mm -hmm. i i respect that everybody finishes some type of school but if i say i finished my investigative course 1995 mm -hmm. you know today it's 2022 that's a 27 years you know in in, in yeah. past that is quite a lot of time whether crime evolved so yes, investigative techniques yes, yes. evolving as well so you need to be updated continuously mm -hmm. i can say that i have a benefit of my work that i can see to the request of the work we to conduct that it's a new methods be developed and uh, uh, how the forces start thinking what tools they're using and how they're using those tools yes. um and in in hindsight it's very important that education must be understood as a theory but prior to this, all my knowledge is not good if I can't utilize and pass on people who are world. interested. That's correct. Because, you know, we, we have a limited time on this planet, as you know, yeah. and the knowledge is there to be shared, not to keep, you know, for myself. Of course, <laughs> we, we keep some secrets for ourselves. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that must be said that uh, education is not over. You can split in two parts. First, it's a theory and then a practice. But as well, you must have the um, desire to learn more. So that's the world I'm bringing from in corporate world. It's my experience in government sector, in policing, uh, military intelligence, counterintelligence, security, military, and diplomatic intelligence, diplomatic security, plus everything else. And then when you combine all this, you can understand that exposure I did have helped my clients to learn more quicker um, by utilizing less amount of time and money and plus as well i like to hear you know from everybody else they their stories and um, yeah. you know because as i said, like nobody's the smartest person but education is a, one of the most important components in life mm. and if we stop educating ourselves 
and then transfer that theory into practical field, uh, then there's no successes because you can't, um, <laughs> Newton as well, you know, we, we spoke about this one. Who will yeah. say that two years before we will have the COVID? Who will say that we'll conduct interviews via the Zoom, that we're going to uh, share the knowledge online? Are we doing this now? Yeah. So that's very important yes. to be acknowledged. Mario, I'm actually, when you were talking then about um, online, I'm actually thinking of that whole online and digital world and the crime and fraud and ID <coughs> theft and stuff that, that has been escalating in that realm um, and I understand that, that part of what you need to do is actually educate corporations on how this stuff is increasing and that they need to actually have risk management and thoughts around this before they're actually in a place where they've been defrauded or their identity has been stolen and that's where you work in terms of education as well Mario isn't it? That's correct and when you talk about education I was looking the way how to educate clients with my knowledge to unlimit my knowledge. Mm. I couldn't influence somebody who's going to adapt, adjust, or utilize my knowledge. So I need to find a different form how I can leave that knowledge for the times when they can uh, be, in, <laughs> I don't know, on a plane. So I start writing the books. Um, yes. Books, very powerful tools. Uh, you need to control those books, who to go and everything else. But books, again, it's a, it's a theory. They uh, Books can be very dry and nobody can steal nothing from your books. They can copy your wording or the yeah. content, but what they can copy, it's your way of execution, your how you think and how you're going to utilize tools. And So that's where the training comes in practice. And that's where the we in this intelligence, um, prior to COVID, we had a, a lot of, those trainings, we've been um, um, in cooperation with the, with the two, big, two big legal firms uh -huh. who were kind enough to allow us to use their uh, premises, where we called our clients. And as well, apart from my knowledge of my experience, I'll bring the guest speaker from their firm to talk legal aspects as well. So they uh -huh. can be armed even more. So it's not just what Mario says, it's what Mario no, brought no, me on. But as well, if I say that investigation should be conducted this, 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 this way, the barista lawyer will come and say, like, you know, this is your rights. This is how you can conduct. This is, you know, you can go there. So I was looking the way the client doesn't need to wait for us to be engaged, but rather to understand not entire investigative process, but to understand that there is a tools on their disposal to start tackling your problems within organization. And that's yeah. where the, my biggest pride comes, and that was for me. Uh, biggest achievement that we could deliver. Now, COVID comes, of course. <laughs> Messes everything up. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, but <laughs> it, one thing is like when we, you know, listen, Tony, you and your guests, you know, it's interactive, you can see faces, but when you're doing education and you don't see the faces, you don't know how much you engage people. So I need to learn that one as well, how to present. So it's not like rocking up and say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. So in my business, there's a professor, Klaus Smallman, um, who is yes. his biggest academic, one of the biggest academics. Then there's a Dr. Debbie Koloros, who is a psychological profiler. So when we sit to develop, to develop the training module, one of them is the psychological profiling, which is very important to people understand. And you know these questions, how somebody lies, how somebody cheats. Yes. I can't really? answer those questions. I'm not, oh, I'm not the expert. She I was going to ask you those questions. 
questions. <laughs> yeah, like you know, but as again, you know, Debbie, she's she's a very well, very well educated, trained, and knowledgeable person with a high um practical knowledge. So yes. she done quite a lot and she can answer those questions. So mm-hmm. so the clients we altering training us per needs, client needs, or we can, you know, start with a understanding what investigation is. And every module break it down my, through my book, uh, Workplace Investigations, uh, which I wrote with uh, with Professor Clyde Moma. Mm-hmm. Actually, he was my mentor. He was, you know, that one who was checking everything and, you know, making sure that people understand. So it was a good yes. learning curve. So when the clients come and then Professor Clyde Moma comes and talks about his aspect, you know, how to utilize data, which we, scientific yeah. approach of the data you collect in your investigation, which I didn't know um, because, again, uh, is a something that's called a modus operandi system that was being always applied. You know, you remember those times again, those times <laughs> when you come in library and you hide the book and then yeah. looking yeah. for the card. Yeah. You see, that's yeah. a card system today. Uh, it's a little bit more digital when you classify somebody or a, the person or event mm-hmm. on the way how it's committed, when it was committed. So you try to match. Something happened in the future, you go back and say, like, okay, there was a fraud. You're looking at card fraud, uh, stealing the books. Aha, uh-huh, there's a names, a potential suspect, uh-huh. Mario, Tony, or something like this. So it's not going depth. It's like a library. They, so you had, can that find, nat- mm. they had that Nutella um, uh, wrought going in 2022. That's there. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Uh, <laughs> so and education. And they swapped to peanut butter in 2024. I think, you know, truly, I believe, like, I was reading to the article, like, how Nestle, Nescafe or Nestle, somebody yes, got yes. it, uh, a, uh, 500 kilos of cocaine within coffee. <gasps> surprise, surprise, right? Oh so, my goodness, that would be deadly. <laughs> yeah, like, but you know, obviously somebody imported, you know, by utilizing coffee because we all know that coffee actually it's uh, neutralizing the smell yes. and uh, um, all the dogs and everything else, salt, pepper, sorry, uh, papa, uh, pepper and the coffee, the, the most distinguished, uh, uh, the ground, uh, fine so grounds, that's why which... they do it, Mario, is because it um, puts the dogs at airports or ports off the scent of the cocaine. Does it yes. completely obliterate the smell? Well, the dogs are being uh, trained, and I have a privilege to see how the dogs, uh, sorry, police uh, dogs has been trained. Yeah. Um, it, it is a, is a, it's a terrible process. Uh, it's not pleasant for another, another, not the animal. And, you know, like if the dog smells the cocaine, of course, you know, um, he's been trained how to smell the cocaine. So you need to cover that smell. But again, it's been discovered because you have x-rays, you know, the tip-offs, you know, and people discover things. So I try to say there's a call something modus operandi system. So people need to understand, you know, how the crimes can be discovered, how can we record, and they've been teaching them you know, that part of factual investigations. So to understand yes. what a factual investigation is, or surveillance investigation it is. And through the working group, as we educating them, at first hour we're discussing theory, let's go do practical. What was your questions? So instead of we just hammering them what I know, you ask us, how would you like to apply this in your organization? Mm. So, you know, the panel of the Professor Smallman, Dr. Debbie Colors, and myself, we tackle this, so through my knowledge as an investigator, uh, scientific and psychological. So we're utilizing all these knowledges together to clients being armed and understand, and as well have the um, something, um, the board, which client gets, if there's some new type of crime is being committed, 
of fraud. I was just going to say, Mario, um, how how do you manage the three of you in your core team? Yeah. How do you manage to keep up with the new and innovative ways that crime happens? <laughs> like, how do you keep up with that? You can't win against the fraudster if you don't pick as a fraudster. Right. Um, there was a there was a good movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and uh -huh. um, Tom Hanks, Catch Me If You Can. Yes. And it's a true story. Yes. Frank Abigail. This guy educated the FBI. So, you know, the FBI started learning how the forces think, what they do and everything else. But he was good for that stage when you mm -hmm. have the checks, when you have the credit cards swiping, you know, you can, everything was actually yeah. easy to falsify today terms, not them. So FBI start thinking as a um, process. So for us to understand what's happening, one side is investigative work they confirm, mm -hmm. and as well there is a abundance of information on internet where the people inquiring, uh... okay, about how to do something to trick insurance companies, for example. So, you know, it's it's a closed forums, but, you know, you have access to read. So, like, that's a, one of the terms. And, you know, as well, I like to talk to the people uh, who done uh, work for us to yeah. to talk. It's like, what do you think what's happening in that case? Because some cases are, you know, highlighted straight away. Most of them, mm -hmm. they are, you know, ordinary people, yeah. genuine claims. But those who stand out, then I go through the process of talking to the people who done investigations, what was collected, how it's collected. And as well with the partners who provide us information, you know, government agencies who can supply some uh, some databases and so on, they say that um, so you know you put all this together, and you can look for the train is appearing somewhere around the world, and usually that's a, that's a task of government. The government has a really clear idea what's happening on the market, so you can confirm your suspicions based on uh, you know a couple of informations. That this is the case. And then you go back to client and say, this is what has been done in questionnaire. If you're doing, uh, let's just say, employment, we teach them how to do diligence properly. Mm -hmm. uh, then they apply that knowledge straight away. Most of them they do because it's a, you know, it's a benefit for the client. So what good I would be if I hold that knowledge for myself and see the client suffer? I'd rather give that knowledge ahead and say, this is how we're seeing. This is what should be done in future. And they say, thank you very much. Yeah. And of course, you know, client is, is accept this and utilize this as much as possible they can. Yeah. Mario, um, I want to just go back a little bit to um, risk management. And, yes, please. And because that's one of your expert areas um, yeah. of knowledge. Um, I want to talk about how important it is to, for corporations and business to really look at the risks that could impact them, their business and their people and how you integrate risk management in your training. Thank you, Tony. That's a great question. Risk management is a big thing. It, it's, it is a big thing for, for many decades. Uh, particularly as a society advanced in um, employment in the new yes. new industries and uh, facing new risks you know from the theft yes. from the fire from the you know rain floods you know just cyber we just name attacks, yeah cyber attacks theft, yeah all of that nobody can be the risk management 
in everything. My field is information, mm-hmm. but you know we must understand that risk management is based on a couple of rings. First one, it's a environment and physical security. They have technical yes. security, mechanical, cyber security, information mm-hmm. security, and that's in simple level. So, like, no risk manager cannot tackle all the problems simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Risk management has been advanced, as we know, to that level that actually when COVID happened, nobody knew what to do. And that's the problem. Yes. yes. I saw the problems right away. Very first, early stages, I said to myself, logistics is going to be nightmare. Yeah. Now, if we're excluding the conspiracy theories and say, okay, virus is not real, it's a problem because people stay at home because yeah. of the, uh, no government wants their citizens to be hungry or being in disadvantage or something like this. So yeah. I saw logistics is going to be the biggest problem. This is the first mm. step in risk management that every company needs need to feed themselves all with the manpower, information, with the goods, services, and they can export this same to the market. Mm. Risk management failed miserably by my yes. standards. Yes. And I think it's actually declining. And we can see now as well when it comes to risk management, nobody, uh, because risk Basically, what I say, there's a there's a four ways how you can um, tackle the risk. You know, you can acknowledge risk, you can minimize risk, you can transfer risk, or you can accept the risk. Yes. So instead of going to debt, so they changed the name of the standards from thirty six thousand. Sorry, it's a new one, old ones, four thousand six hundred, whatever. I, was, I forgot yes. now, but and it basically, I forgot what was that called ten years ago. I think four thousand six hundred ISO, but the name is changed. The framework stays same. So there's the four ways how we can tackle the risk, right? So like when you have the risk, either you want to accept, you will not accept, and you want to minimize, you're going to transfer. That's the point. But when it comes to the risk management in the last past two years, I can see that past two years, nobody was uh, working on the risks. What's going to happen when everything comes back to normal? Yes, good point. <clears throat> without naming, without naming. And look, I give the pride. When I was working, when I was working at Silk that knowledge and sharing my clients, we had a war room and we practiced what was called a pre-mortem analysis, pre-mortem or predictive yeah. analysis. Yeah, yeah. So it's very important that people understand we always had the post-mortem analysis when something happened, retroactive. So we analyzed uh, Mario and Tony, you know, still the 2,000 cans of the uh, Nutella. And we drove to uh, San Francisco and, uh, you know, let's go find out how they did it. Mm. But pre-mortem analysis, it's a highly sophisticated exercise yeah. when it comes to train the staff, which basically is you create a war room and you tackle the problem. So one problem, you create a three worst case scenarios and how you're going to respond to them. And they put a time limit. It's a PR, it's a marketing, it's a reputation, yeah. it's a logistics, yes. it's a communications. Um, and I again say there's a, there's you created the, the in in that exercise you create a couple uh, groups uh, mm-hmm. battle groups I'll call them on different levels so if one can function second one can function and so on so on so on yeah. most corporations don't adapt and not adjust this because they had never been exposed to this fortunately uh-huh. I did have surpassing this knowledge and that's called the Ausfrikrieg on German which is basically you need to. Uh, create elements in your organization when one cell doesn't work, another works. Risk management in Australia, it's in a steadily decline. 
Yeah. Hey, look, we can see on the airports. We saw the airports, the messes, you know what I mean? Like, wow, I, I was for like, I was Jesus. Just, as you're saying that, um, I'm thinking about risk management and um, this is my nursing hat going on. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> back yeah. 20 years ago, we used to run those desktop um, scenarios around pandemics. Mm-hmm. and where stuff was stored. So back then we had huge warehouses of flu vaccines, gowns, gloves, masks, antibiotics, etc., etc., etc. Now, that was always um, part of our risk management matrix when I worked at high levels within health. But what has happened over successive governments since my time was that seemed to have fallen off the radar. So I was absolutely shocked that it, that, that had somewhat appeared, from my opinion, to have fallen off the radar. And we were not prepped in the way that we were 20 years ago. Because back when I started nursing eons ago, we were always told that there will be epidemics and then pandemics and that we don't know when that would happen, but that it would absolutely happen because the epidemiologists had predicted it. And that is decades and decades and decades old. And back then we prepped for those scenarios. Each health service district had a risk management plan and on that risk management was pandemic and our how we manage that that risk but somewhere along the line that's fallen off and i'm guessing that that's the same for corporations that they might have existing levels of risk and for whatever reason successive um changeovers of ceos or whatever those risks might have fallen off and i'm guessing that when your company comes in you can actually go and go well actually this needs to be back on your your register you this needs to be part of your risk management um this identity theft uh, now is actually done digitally and electronically and this is what you need to choose to do to make sure that that's that doesn't happen to your corporation so you actively do that sort of work don't you mario that's correct tony as i said beginning education is a theory uh without training practical training you can't you can't prepare yourself properly right correct so the training must be done and i understand corporations are not military um, even police can do these things. Police is uh, always busy and, you know, they have the different uh, tasks ahead of themselves. But corporations, they should and they must prepare themselves for the scenarios we're doing in these um, war yeah. rooms, uh, uh, yes. pre-mortem analysis. Because, Tony, you'll agree with me, perhaps doesn't look tragic if somebody lose, um, I don't know, 50 reams of paper, not delivered mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. But you will appreciate it's a domino effect. So it's a lot of Definitely. small things happening around us without connecting, which is called the chaos theory. And the chaos theory doesn't happen just by accident. It happens because of some event somewhere. And it's scientifically proven. started it. It's got to start somewhere. <laughs> and that's what happened in corporations. Once when the fraud happened, um, it's going to happen on all levels before, you know, you can't just plug the gaps. You know, you yes. need to understand how they're going to, because responses are very crucial. And when response has been created, that's what that carries the corporation uh, uh, beneficiary analysis. And they understand how much money they saved, how much time they saved, and uh, you know reputation and so on, so on. There's so many elements. So that's what we do with the corporations. That's what we bring that, that value. Again, I can't talk about cameras. I can talk about 
um, you know, the computers, we know that one. Yes. We bring the value of risk management uh, interrogation, which means that we create in the scenarios which is going to reflect the company company um, by utilizing uh, information information risk management framework, which basically it's all relating to, against uh, yes. around the industrial espionage, you know, the PR, publicity, marketing, sort of these things, right? And, you know, but then you can add on these elements, what if camera stops working, what it is, and then you yes. are actually giving them the tools to understand that risk management is not just a going with a piece of paper, somebody goes, ah, oh, have the lights, have the chair. Okay, you've done all of this, but suddenly you work from home. So what's going to happen in in yeah, in case there's no electricity for 24 hours in Sydney? Just freak of nature. How are you going to conduct the business? I'm sorry. There is always somebody on this planet that's going to target your spot, my spot, not just because they can, they will, because they must, because there's a gap. So if you don't work 24 hours, so we try to find not just the problems, but solutions as well, because every problem has solution even before they happen. That's how the risk manager works. You always have the solution even before problem happen. And how is that demonstrated? Easy. When something happened, we always have response. So we're creating the solution. So is a bandage or is a concrete? So it's always solution before problem happens. So problems we're creating solutions exist and that's with our risk management it's very important to be uh, not just monitor train you know like and you know ticking the boxes but to be trained into what that risk management it is how it's going to reflect organization to the war room operational training and then finding the uh, the solutions for the possible problems in the future yeah yeah, yeah. Mario, you created um, Insight Intelligence <clears throat> Institute, yes. which is an institute for um, training and education. And we're going to go next week into all of those different yes. ranges of <laughs> education. But I know you're really proud of Insight um, Intelligence Institute. I want to know when the moment was that you thought, okay, I need to set up an institution institute to make that education accessible. When was that moment? Well, that was like a four years ago when I was yeah. very first time sitting with Professor Clive and we spoke about, you know, everything and anything. And then he told me, why did you got all this knowledge, your, 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 you know, abundance of the skills and experience if you can't share? Yeah. And I tried to understand how I can share something. And I was a little bit shy. It's a different thing. You write a book again. Given you give yes. somebody written document is being cor Completely corrected, no. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then I realize I don't care what my competitors do because, like, my competitors are not my concern. They have the their life, whatever they do, however they do. I can't spend my time and effort just checking on them. Yeah. So instead of this, the best way I saw myself, it's time to give the back, and the best best way to give back is through the academy. Yeah. Being surrounded myself with the people like uh, Dr. David Colaros, Professor Clyde Smallman, alongside with me and the other guest speakers. And that is to combine our unique um, set of skills and knowledge yeah. and experience and give the clients those tools to be better prepared to take, tackle the dead problems prior they become the bigger problems, small problems mm -hmm. to be invested rather become bigger ones. And of course, I was very proud for one simple reason. 
because when I surround myself with uh, people like a Clive and Debbie, I got value to myself. I valued myself that my knowledge with nobody. <clears throat> that's correct. So like these people not stay next to me if they think that I'm just doing BS work. You know what I mean? I'm just me, 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 me. But it's, <laughs> that's correct. So instead of this, they invested their knowledge, their experience for me to I learn how to articulate what I want to say mm-hmm. rather to be another one, Mario, me and I know everything. No, it's not true. So that's where the pride it is. And when I saw the clients uh, responding to our invitations for two hours, you know, three hours uh, training sessions mm-hmm. with the new trends emerging, uh, supported me with the, my staff from my academy, with the mm-hmm. legal uh, providers, mm-hmm. I saw the clients enjoying this. Mm-hmm. And that's my that's my pride, you know, to see that yes. message has been passed not just yeah. me, 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 and yeah. they're very happy with that one. So they can see we're caring for their business, not just for the, you know, we're making money with them or on them or something like this. And Mario, um, part of your, um, part of the components that of the training from Insight Intelligence Institute is around that idea that you provide best practice. And so That's correct. That's can correct, you yeah. explain, I know what best practice is, but can you explain to the audience what best practice is and why it's important in education and training, particularly around intelligence? First prerequisite is that we need to go around legal time framework. So mm. we, you know, everything must be done in accordance with the law, legislations and acts. So there's no gray zones. Yeah. So that, you know, we can all talk, oh, I will do this. Uh, Tony, everybody's great in theory. Like everybody in theory can do, build the bridges overnight. It doesn't work that way. So the best practice for the company is it's based on uh, legal aspects what the government provides, you know, to the legislations, acts and laws. Then secondly, it is to the framework given to us how investigation should be conducted and that that framework of investigation satisfied um, legally challenges on a court, uh, or sorry, on a court of law if they go there. So, because most of our investigations end up with the, with the legal team, either with the insurance bank yeah. or with the client has a no win, no fee solicitor. Yes, yes. So that's the best practice. So when you go to court, and I've been in court many times, when the you know, might <laughs> say look as you say like. What is your qualification? Uh, okay. But when you start listing qualifications, experiences, yeah. they say, okay. And then they ask that you what's That gives you authority, <clears throat> doesn't it, Mario? That that's great. Thank you. Authority in that court as well as in real life. That's correct. Because every report we send out of every our investigator, when I signed off, they don't care for, they don't care for investigators. They care, you know, who you who you are. Who you are, Mario Baker, that you can sign off something like this. So that's a best practice. Government legislations, acts, and laws. Then you have the the the, the best practice of report preparations, writing, and um, mm-hmm. uh, submitting, so that can, if the challenge in the court of law can be stand there. And thirdly, most importantly, is you add the weight of all these learnings to our from everyone research. across the globe. Isn't That's it? correct. So, research. Yeah. So you know, like sometimes. <laughs> people always mixing between investigation and interrogation. Interrogation is totally something different. And, yes. and there, there, there's, there's applications there which I can't go there, but 
<laughs> it's it's heavy stuff, you know. People yes. um, don't understand. But when you have investigations in corporate world, you can't go beyond the law. If you yes. go beyond the law, you're you are trouble. liable. You're in trouble. And I rather be in, in a court of law say we done this, this, and this, and this by not breaching the law. Mm-hmm. And look, a magistrate says to me, "Well, thank you, but you know we don't need your um, statement." Rather than to say your statement is false, you lied, you are, you know, this and that. So that's how we educating clients as well mm-hmm. to our experience as a best practice given to us by government, by corporations, and we combine together and we inserting that research which Clive and Debbie adding on top yeah. of this yeah. by, you know, visiting all these fancy places um, on the internet and they learning what's happening there. So <laughs> how the people think, how the people op- I operate. I was going to say, Mario, part of the education and training um, discussion also leads into research. How That's important great. is research in ongoing education and training, particularly in your field of expertise? Intelligence involved quite a bit. My field is human intelligence. That's mean interaction between human to human. Yeah. Uh, you have the people who are working for you and um, people who work for them. So it is usually uh, gathering intelligence from person to person. So that's the, that evolved mm. not that much because we still have that test of people to talk, people to, to show off and, you know, you become a target then you create a target profile. Then you find a way how to approach social media engineering, social, social, social engineering, or social media engineering, social yeah. engineering, and so on, so on. What what is the adequately being accepted that people love to post online? So it's much easier to gather informations. Once come to investigations, this is where the trick starts. What do you do with the data collected? Yeah. You know, I can't tell the clients you need to use this. So instead of me forcing them to 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 read something, I say, I say like, we have the in training session. Would you mind to come? Topical conversation is. Tony and Mario, you know, riding on the waves in Brazil and stealing all the cocaine, you know, I mean, from the from the, from the forest. And they say, okay, so how they come to Brazil, how they learn. And so like, you see, this yeah. is the case number, this, this, and this, and this. And they pick it up straight away. And they say, oh, okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. And when you have the two or three people from organization, uh, Tony, they go back to organization. They say, this is what the guys told us. So it's not an opinion. It's a fact base you need to support with the findings, with the links, with the statistics. Yes. So when they go back, they say, like, this is not opinion-based. And that's what that makes us um, very good in what we deliver. So instead of just opinion, and uh, we support this with the findings to the to the facts, you know, to the counter-arguments, yeah. arguments, and they can say, okay, now I understand. So you need to draw quite a lot of parallel researches simultaneously to support what you're saying. And that's what that makes us very, very uh, good in what we're delivering. Mario, you picked up, um, I picked up on a word that you used just before, um, human intelligence. It's okay. it, it's a great word combination. <laughs> Can you just tell me a little bit about what you mean when you say human intelligence? Mm. There's a several disciplines of intelligence here, technical intelligence, geospatial intelligence, subject intelligence, you know, signal intelligence. As a society progresses, the means of transfer information as well has been developed. Uh-huh. What didn't change from the beginning? It is um, geography. So we always yes. have the, you know, the planet Earth as it is. 
So that was always being collected as all these maps and everything else. So it's become just battle intelligence. Now it's a different satellite imagery and, you know, adding 3D dimensions. And it's a different story, right? 40, yeah. 60 years ago, that was not the case. Um, but human intelligence, it is that in, in a nutshell, when a target profile has been developed, that somebody needs to be approached for the purposes of gathering information or placing yeah. information to mm -hmm. that person, mm -hmm. that's where the my work starts. How I gonna extract information from some some certain person without them being suspicious that they giving us information? Or you and turn how them are you into gonna tell if they're lying when you ask them a question? That sort of like. <laughs> <laughs> I go back now to modus operandi system. Yeah. So before you start your work, you already know this person' social behavior, yes. environmental behavior, yes, working behavior acquaintances, family, and everything else. Then you come with a quite um, relatively strong, powerful, truthful story. Yeah. And uh, you create that environment. So, like, it's not like in the movies that, you know, the beautiful lady comes, like, you know, yeah. to the yeah. glasses, records, <laughs> everything. Right? What is here, it's very hard to get because mm -hmm. uh, through my working experience, when I was working particularly in government, mm. People you need to approach, they've been trained very well. And yes. they will recognize when it's become somebody suspicious. You know what I mean? Uh, sorry, uh, interested in you, who you are yes. and everything else. Then inform the levels of the hierarchy and they acting accordingly. Mm -hmm. But usually they remove you from the picture because you become the target. They understand this. How they know, they know why. Because we give them the truth. Mm -hmm. So if they reply with a lie, they become aware. <laughs> I'm talking too much. They reply with a... <laughs> If you give truth and they, you know, reply with a lie, then then you know that they already know that um, you know that you, you approach them. Right? So it's it's elements with all this happening. Um, all this happening over the period of time. It's not yes. nothing nothing certain. Yes. And you know when somebody looked at Tony. You must understand something. If somebody gonna approach you, you know, I mean, to know information yeah. from you, they already know so much about you. Through surveillance, yes. through the yes. monitoring through online, all and everything of that else. other stuff that you do before you get to that point where you're approaching them, you've got a whole body of info ready. Yes, <laughs> but sooner or later, everybody leaves some uh, evidence. I mean, as a signature, makes a mistake, leaves That's evidence, right. doesn't think out something completely. Everyone does yeah. that without a yeah. doubt. And then comes the moment when you need to. Let's go call this person asset. You need to remove yeah. yourself from that asset. Yeah. So you never work in your environment. You know, I mean, where you leave work and everything else. So it's it's yes. it's it's entire methodology behind this. But yes, before I approach somebody, I know so much about that person. Yeah. That that person, he can't refuse the truth if he ref yeah. if replies to me the lies. For example, know. I know that Tony loves um, Tony loves to be online every Friday between 12, 12 and 2. With Mario. Said, With Mario. <laughs> That's what so the corporations actually form. they can't actually be in Brazil stealing that cocaine. That's correct. And another mm -hmm. thing which everybody should notice, working from home actually created already many loopholes for economic espionage. Ah. So it's not just a, for terms of Bitcoin, right? I was doing something about Bitcoin, some some articles, and Bitcoin was the biggest tool. But corporations will never know how exposed they are when this thing starts going south and sour. Yeah. So it's 
basically training again education of the staff how to recognize somebody approach them yes. what they approach them and questions asked you must in terrorism you can't understand what a counter terrorism it is if you don't understand what terrorists who they are and how they do yeah. the only then you can apply those things and same goes in investigations and intelligence and anything else you must start thinking with your knowledge expertise how they think in human intelligence it's quite opposite i need to be three steps ahead i need to yeah. know three days you're ahead yeah and i said people love to talk about espionage but i said like life in in human intelligence it's very difficult because mm, i can imagine yeah and you know i had the problems later on in my life because i couldn't this no i couldn't perform 100 anymore because um it's a human life at the end right yes. and yes, a lot yes. of people yes. become uh, collateral yes and um, but now in corporations different so when you work in government it's different but corporations yeah. different because in corporations i'm teaching them how to prevent possible intrusions um by in less intrusive methods because less intrusive methods are the open source intelligence you know people think you know doing researches but i'm teaching them how to prevent possible approach by competitor in terms of industrial economic espionage mm. through means of social engineering and so on yeah. and so on yeah. and people see that's like wow i didn't know this and i said like well it's not how much you protective you are tony people forget to have the family who love to talk people have the mm. and as again people love to show off so it's not hard to yeah. pick it up yes. somebody yes. and uh, but yeah i hope that people understand if they want to like to know more feel free to contact Fantastic. me now um and on that note we are completely out of time i want we are again <laughs> today to jump on insight intelligence um the website for Mario and the team because it has loads and loads of information about the um, Inside Intelligence Institute, the trainings that they undertake, the courses that they do, and how you can engage with Mario and the team around risk management and management of all the horrible things that could happen to you if you don't actively and proactively try to protect yourself, your business, your corporation, or the government. That's great. Mario Beckett, as always, it's an absolute delight talking to you. I also want to encourage people to jump on to MarioBeckett.com and look at Mario's books. As I said, Mario knows that I've been listening to the audio version of um, Mario's book and it's truly magnificent. So I encourage you to jump on, have a look at the book, download the, um, the e-book, the audible version or buy the paperback. Blood-soaked soil is phenomenally well written um, and well spoken by Mario so a quick shout out if you have any interest in spies espionage fraud and crime prevention jump on to insight intelligence have a look at what Mario and the team do it's amazing stuff and I'm really grateful that I get to share my Friday afternoons with Mario Beckers and that my friends is your lot for this week thank you so much Mario for thank you Tony so freely and so abundantly with the audience today guys we'll have a replay show next week because Mario is um uh, overseas yes um and i am actually interstate so we're going to have a wee break but we'll be back the week after that where we're going to talk more in depth about the training available through insight intelligence institute and we need to get off the air now so thank you mario yes. and bye for now thank you tony thank you team